0: Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy to be in studio, to be releasing video content again. If you're watching via video, you're on my YouTube channel most likely. You can go ahead and subscribe to my channel. There's over 100 hours of free content on there for you guys to access. It is my joy to release content to you guys constantly. If you are new to the show, we have a new episode releasing every Monday on the Charisma Podcast network.com. You can also go to Spotify, you can go to Audible, you can go to Google Play, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that podcasts are listened to to tap into the episodes, we're over 150 episodes now on the Charisma Podcast Network. So there's lots of uh, amazing interviews as well as teaching shows where I dive into different series. At the beginning of this year, I taught on the fear of the Lord. I taught about returning to first love. I taught about no separation from God. Last year, we had lots of series on grace and identity and inner healing, and so there's lots of good stuff out there, lots of biblical content for you guys to receive from. I've been hearing great feedback, which brings my heart a lot of joy. You know, the downloads have been increasing. I've also noticed that I was able to see that Australia and Canada and England and Africa, and there's all different parts of Asia are really listening to the podcast, and so I'm grateful to be able to disciple nations in my own way here on the podcast, you know, for awakening. That's what this is about. Awaken podcast is not just a name. It's our passion. It's our purpose behind this thing that hearts would be awakened to the beauty of Jesus, who he is, what he has done, who he is in us, that we could activate the gifts of the spirit in our life. We could walk in the fruit of the spirit in our life. Just like prophet James Gall said, he's, he's, he saw a revival of kindness, We can't just be known as Christians for our stances of truth. Yes, we need to speak up. Yes, we need to be bold. Yes, we need to have conviction. But at the same time, we also need to be known for our kindness, for our gentleness, for the goodness and the faithfulness of God on the inside of us, for having self-control and all these different fruits of the Spirit. It is essential that we have a revival of kindness. And so that will speak volumes to the world, not only the power of God being manifested through the church but the love of God being manifested through the church. And so today I'm continuing my series on the Sermon on the Mount. We have another couple episodes on this. There'll be probably eight total. Um, Released four episodes or four parts in this series already. So we're on part five. And today we're going to be diving into a section of Matthew chapter six. And this is a section that has ministered to me a lot. I've held on to these scriptures a lot in my life. And so anyway, I'm going to dive right into it, but I just know that you guys will be blessed by future guests that are coming on. I'm excited about the days ahead. And so I'm going to open up to Matthew chapter six. I got it right here on my laptop, so let me just pull it up real quick. Matthew chapter six, I'm going to read verses 25 to verses 34. All right, so I'm going to give you a bulk of scripture. I'm going to read it straight from the text and then I'm going to share on it, okay? And so let's go to Matthew 25, versus, uh, Matthew 6, I'm sorry, verses 25 to 34, all right? This is Jesus continuing um, his most famous sermon found in the Gospel of Matthew. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food and body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the sky. They do not sow nor reap nor gather crops into their barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more important than they? And which of you, by worrying, could add a single day to his lifespan? And why are you worried about clothing? Notice how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor, nor do they spin thread for cloth. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes, clothes, sorry, the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry then saying, what are we to eat or what are we to drink or what are we, or what are we to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things, but your heavenly father knows what that you need all of these things. So first seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be provided to you. Do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the conclusion of chapter 6 in the Gospel of Matthew. And so this scripture as well as Paul's exhortation in the book of Philippians where he says I've had little and I've had much, you know, um he said I I, I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I've learned to be content in all things and I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So essentially the apostle Paul is saying, listen, I've had next to nothing. I've had little and I've had a lot and i've learned to be content in every circumstance knowing that christ is my portion that he is my sufficiency that he is my provider and he's never going to leave me in a place of lack where i am hardly surviving or i i can't i can't make it another day no i trust god is my confidence he is my provider Christ is my portion, whether I have a little or whether I have a lot. I am content because I know who I am. I know where I stand. I know what my life's about. I know whose hands I am in, and it is Christ who gives me the strength to have this attitude. It is Christ who gives me the strength to live my life every day, regardless of the circumstance. It is my relationship with Christ that fuels my spirit with the mental and the emotional and the spiritual strength necessary to get by day by day by day. And so I love what Paul says there and I love what Jesus is saying here. You know, the apostle Paul learned that from the Lord himself. And so this is important because you know, this is one thing that that we all struggle with in terms of hey listen, you know, we need to you know, people worry about, you know, food, they worry about shelter, they worry about clothes, they worry about paying their bills, they worry about their job, or how long are they going to have their job? Can they lose their job? They're worrying about advancement. We get so convinced are concerned, excuse me, about things, about material things. And you know, Jesus is saying, hey, the Gentiles worry about these things. The Gentiles are concerned about these things. Non believers are concerned about these things. And so, what makes you guys different? What makes us stand out from the people that are in the world that don't have faith in Christ, that aren't in an active relationship with the Lord? Like, we have a God that is mighty, that holds everything together by the power of his word that can get us everything that we need. Jesus is saying here like, hey, are birds concerned? Are the the lilies of the valley concerned? Absolutely not. Though that's my creation and I take care of my creation and they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, but I give it to them. And you need to trust as I am your father and I give give good gifts to my children. You need to not worry and be concerned like people who don't have God, like people who don't have a relationship with the Lord, like people who do not have a heart of trust anchored in the promises of God. Like, hey, we need to stand out. We cannot be in fear. We cannot be worried just like everybody else out there in the world that doesn't have the same hope, the same values, the same trust that we have. In Christ and his accomplishments. And so it's okay to visit that place of fear. We all do. I do. Every one of us has moments of anxiety and concern and fear, but how do we resolve it? Where do we go from there? Do we dwell in that place? Do we make that our abode? Do we hang out there? Do we live in torment? Do we live in fear and anxiety? Is that a place that we dwell? Or is it just a place that we visit momentarily until we snap out of it, just like King David did in the Psalms, talking about how he's cast down, talking about how he's broken, talking about how people are you know, making fun of him and, 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 and doing all these different, you, know, you see it, and it's not just King David. You know, you have Asaph, you have Moses, but just, I love the Psalms because they are real. They talk about how downcast they are. They talk about how they feel hopeless. They talk about the battles that they're in, that they're surrounded by their enemies and there's concern and there's doubt and there's, there's real human emotion there. But at the same time, they always come to the conclusion of faith that you are where my help comes from. I will look up where you are where my help comes from. You are my fortress. You are my rock. You are my strong tower. It is you in whom I trust. They always come to that conclusion. And we as believers need to have the same conclusion. I know in my life, you know, this is specifically talking about material things um, in this, in this um part of the Sermon on the Mount. But I, you know, God asked me to do wild things. I remember when I was in the mission field right before I met my wife, Selena, and I didn't have any money to my name. I had very little monthly support. And, um, you know, I was content. I was in the heart and the will of God, and I was very content, and I felt his presence so mightily. I knew I was exactly where he called me to be beautiful season of my life, but my bank account was very, very low. And I was living completely by faith. And I'd always confess when my heart felt it was like it was doubting, or I don't know where money's going to come from. I would always confess out of my mouth, God's my provider. God already has it set up like, Hey, I have everything that I need for life and godliness. And that includes serving the Lord. Like I would not confess the doubt. I would not confess the fear of lack, but I would confess the truth. I would confess the truth that I believe. I believed then and I still believe that as my confession of faith comes out of my mouth, my heart is learning to trust as I'm hearing it because faith comes by hearing and hearing the gospel of Christ. And so as I speak forth my faith in him and his promises, I am hearing it and it is building up faith in my heart. Might not take one time doing it, two times doing it, but when I was tempted To doubt, I would just confess the truth. And with that faith comes favor. I truly believe it attracts the blessings of God in your life. It releases grace in your life when you live that way. It pleases the heart of God when we trust. It is impossible to please God without faith. And so when we believe and when we trust, it brings pleasure to His heart, releases blessings from His hands. And so I remember. You know, I met my wife, I wanted to get a ring for, I wanted to get married, but we had no money to do that. And I remember at that time, I had a few hundred bucks in my bank account and I got the biggest donation that I've ever gotten at that point in my ministry, about nine years ago, 10 years ago, I got a donation for, I think it was like $5,000. And I was like, wow, okay, well, I could use this for flights and I could use this for, you know, putting a down payment on a venue. I could use this for a lot of different things. At that time I was going on a trip to Cambodia and there was two people I was leading a missions trip to Cambodia right before I went back to the states to get married to my wife and I knew that there was a couple people that were supposed to be on that trip to Cambodia but they were struggling financially to get there. And I remember talking to them and saying like hey you're supposed to be on this trip keep trusting God someone will provide someone will you know give you what you need or it'll come one way shape or form. And um, I remember I got alone with Jesus, I was spending time with him and I was worshiping and the Lord said to me, you were encouraging those people and I gave you that money to be an answer to that prayer. Like you prayed for them and you said that God will provide and I made you the provision, I gave you the money to provide for them. And my first reaction, I'll be honest with everybody, just so people feel a little bit like wow. Okay. You know, <laughs> you know, when, when someone's a minister or pastor and they're sharing a story, you know, they always like to share how they obeyed God. And everyone thinks like, oh, wow. These these people never struggle with faith. But I remember telling the Lord, like, no, absolutely not. Like what in the world? Like this money could be used for things, for my future, the upcoming events that I need to do. And I remember I came to a place of just saying, okay, God, like, I don't want to be disobedient. I don't want to be rebellious in heart. And I just worshiped him. And I remember singing, worthy is the lamb, worthy is the lamb, and just getting to an intimate place of worship. And I went from not wanting anything to do with giving that money to help them pay for their flight so they can get, so they can go on that trip. And I went from wanting to, like having to, because I felt like it was just out of obedience to wanting to, after I spent time in his presence and letting it go and surrendering it. So God changed my heart as I surrendered my heart. He changed my heart. And the reason why I'm getting into this, hey, I was able to bless those people. They were able to go to Cambodia. I knew they were supposed to be there. I knew they were supposed to be a part of that mission trip. And, you know, I remember we saw miracle after miracle the months after. Literally, our wedding was provided for supernaturally. People helped us with the cake and a dress, a wedding dress was given to my wife. That was a very nice, expensive wedding dress, gifted. We did not ask people for a dime. We did not ask people for help but God provided through and through miracle after miracle took place. And I truly believe that on the other side of our obedience is blessing, abundant blessing. If I was uh, addicted to money and I said, you know what? No, I'm trusting in this money that God provided and I did not release it with open hands. I'm not saying, I don't know what the outcome would have been. Maybe the Lord would have, all these things still would have taken place. But let me, let me tell you that when There is a spirit of Mammon, like the scripture talks about, where it's like either you have money and you could use money, there's nothing wrong with money, nothing evil about it, or money has you. And if I don't believe that God can take what I sow and increase it, then what kind of God am I believing in? A God that holds everything together, a God that is causing every single person on this earth to To breathe and to live and have their being in him, like literally everything takes place in him like this this God can't provide he can't take my two three thousand dollars that I'm sewing right now and increase it like Hey, you know and when and when I got married, I remember I went through several years of like paycheck to paycheck, donation by donation. there was months where we had like nothing, and we and I used credit cards a few times, just so i didn't know what to do, and there was times where We had plenty and we paid off the credit cards and we had enough money, you know, for a couple of months and then it got scarce again. And I remember just trusting God as a man with a baby and my wife got pregnant again and it was like, what? And I remember we got a donation again, and this is just the last story I'll tell with this, but we got a donation again and it was a good amount of money. And I remember when I got it, the Lord told me, I want you to invest $2,000 of it. And it was probably, I think we had like six or 7,000 in our bank account. And I Lord told me to invest 2000 of it to our church and the different discipleship programs that were taking place at our church. And I remember getting that twinge again like absolutely not. And I honestly, I'm not going to lie to you guys, I didn't do it. I didn't do it when he asked me to do it. And God didn't talk about it again with me. He didn't talk about it again with me until all I had in my bank account was $2000. Literally all I had was the money that he asked me to give and I was in church and there were taking an offering for that discipleship program. And the Lord reminded me, Hey, that $2,000, right? And I was like, Oh, literally I could have gave it when I had 6,000 or 7,000 in the account. And it would have been that big of a deal. But now I'm reminded of it when that's all that's left of my account. And I remember I looked at my wife and I said, babe, we got to give this money. And she said, absolutely. A hundred percent. Like I already felt the Lord say that to me anyway. I'm like, wow. Okay, great. So we're on the same page. We gave it. And guess what? It was, money came the, the very next month. We, we did not have a time where I was like, what are we going to do? We got no money. We can't pay our bills. More money came in. And so it's just a matter of, listen, I've, I've had little in my life. I've had a lot of my life. And at the same time, I've got to trust. I can't stress out. I can't be anxious. I can't be rebellious in heart when God wants me to give. I can't think that like, Hey, what I have right now is only the amount that I'm ever going to have. Like at the end of the day, What I'm trying to get at here and what I feel like the Lord is getting at is, hey, listen, we need to be different. The Sermon on the Mount is saying this is what it looks like to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. We cannot look like the Gentiles. We cannot toot our own horn when we, you know, do something. We cannot let the world know when we're giving to a charity. Why do that so we can get a pat on the back? We already have our reward. We cannot judge others. We cannot you know, try to pull a plank out of someone else's eye when we you a know, speck out of someone else's eye when we have a plank in our own. Like There is a standard of living when we have a nature inside of us that is holy, that is righteous. It has become who we are. It's our identity. This is how we can live and should live. We should not be in turmoil like the world is in turmoil. We should not be stressed about what we're going to wear, bills we're going to pay because we have a God that can provide. And I've seen it in my life. I've seen it with when I've... Sh- you know, was we're, we're, we're going donation by donation, living on the mission field, newly married, a baby and a baby on the way. We literally had nothing and no source that was able to provide for us in ways that were, you know, I thought were necessary, but the Lord was continually our source. And when he asked us to give, hey, listen, I wasn't perfect. I always didn't have instant obedience, but at the end of the day, my heart did yield. And when I yielded to him, he changed my heart and he blessed the giving that I did. And I'm not, this is not a giving message. Oh, now give to our ministry and press a button here. You don't need to give or donate a dime. I'm saying this out of my own journey, out of my own story here. And, you know, when you have a lot, when the Lord blesses you with a lot, that's another challenge. That's another test of the heart. It's the test of having a lot. When you have a lot, you know, it's like you just want more. There's a spirit behind it that we need to always be challenging our hearts with giving. You know, we need to give when we have little and that breaks that spirit of, of, of money where it's like, oh, you know, like I don't have anything. So you hold on tight and you grasp really, really hard. You know, some of the most generous people I've ever met are people that don't have a whole bunch of money and a whole bunch of assets, but they're just obedient to the heart of God and they love him and they're trusting him with everything. And then when you have a lot, you want to do a lot of things with that money. You want to invest with that money. You want to pay for this or pay for that. Maybe you've never had a new vehicle before. You never had this before. The tendency is, oh, you get caught up in the world and buying things and things, 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 things that you need to, you know, the Lord will continually challenge you. Give, do this, invest in this, you know, don't hold on to this thing. You know, money is not our God. We can't serve God and money. We serve God and then money serves us. That's how it is meant to be. And this also, this passage, the last thing I'll just say about this passage is that it is sharing the heart of God. It's saying like, your father is going to provide for you. He's a good father. He's our Abba. He's our dad. He's our father. And he will provide. It's in his nature. It's his very desire to provide. There is an exhortation here at the end, saying that if you worry it's not going to do anything. It's not going to change tomorrow's circumstances. I used to, you know, I went through a short period even maybe a couple months ago where life is busy a lot was going on, I was getting stressed out and at night I was replaying everything that could happen, needs to be done and I was getting insomnia. I was having a hard time going to sleep. And I had to remind myself this passage brought me through, you know, that patch of insomnia. I began to just meditate on the promises of God, meditate on this scripture. I began to think about all the things that God's done in my life, not to be concerned about this or that. I began to just breathe in, breathe out, sing worship songs, hum, just meditate and spend time with the Lord on my bed and all that worry would just begin to dissipate. And so worrying, being in fear cannot change tomorrow's circumstances. So why do it? It's a waste of time and it's killing us emotionally, physically, mentally, literally killing us. Stress is horrible for your body. But that Jesus says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything you need will be added to you. So I just want to bless you guys with that. If we seek him first, his kingdom, his righteousness, if our heart dwells and clings to him in trust and you know, speaks his promises and meditates on his promises and stays in the word. And we constantly exhort ourselves and strengthen ourselves in spirit and speak life over ourselves. Like David said, Oh, hope, oh, my soul, why are you downcast? Hope in the Lord. You know, in King David, it said when the armies were against him in the book of Chronicles, that he strengthened himself in his spirit, reminding him of the testimonies of God, the times he's seen the Lord provide. We need to be masters at strengthening ourselves in the Lord, at meditating upon his word, his ways, and we need to cling to him in heart and in faith in our hearts. And so bless you guys. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to end this in prayer. Lord, I thank you right now for filling the heart of every single individual that is watching and listening to this podcast. I thank you, Lord, that you are the provider through and through of their physical, mental, emotional, financial needs. And I thank you, Lord God, that you would do a deep work in their heart, that you would cause them not to be caught up in the turmoil of life, the spirit of this age. And they wouldn't have the same attitude and mind in them that the world has, but they have the same attitude and mind in them that Christ Jesus has. And they would not be obsessed with things of materialistic things or money, thinking that money, you know, or their job or their hands or their provider, but Lord, that they would know that you are their provider through and through. And for those who are listening, where they feel like they need to be challenged in their giving, they need to be challenged in at what they do with their money, that they're just consuming it and not giving it. I just pray, Lord, that you would convict their hearts, not, con- not condemn, but you would just show them in your love and your kindness that, Lord, giving is everything. It's so much better to give than to receive. We get to experience your nature and walk in your life, and we get to bless other people, and and we get blessed in return, Father. And so I just thank you for releasing that over every single person watching or listening right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, you are our cure for anxiety. You are our peace. You are our shalom. You are. You don't just have peace that you give us, Lord. You are peace and we have you. And so we're grateful for you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Awakened Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be awakened, inspired, challenged by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book you learn how to Be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours. You know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in his glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, life out lifepouredoutintl.org life or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audio book is available as well on Amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so bless you guys. Grab a copy of Immersed in His Glory. Thank you.